You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio that is exactly right Dave because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value listen to blockbuster mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at blockbustercast. so grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different? And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This week we are going to be talking, we're going to continue our talk on The Walking Dead. Last week we did a, well it wasn't last week, was was it last week? We it recorded was- in the past, but you haven't heard it yet. <clears throat> dun, well, no, dun, no, no, no. I'm not talking about the round table, which oh, you will hear next week. Then I'm wrong. We I'm did- future Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we did the 101 <laughs> Last That's week, right. We right? did the 101 last week. Yeah, we or did we do the uh, did we do the round the X Men roundtable last week? Last week was the X Men roundtable. So prior to that, so two Wednesdays ago, sometime in our past, we've talked about Walking Dead. So recently, <laughs> the last time that the the three of us got together to record, because Rafa is also here along with Chris. What's up? Uh, we we recorded um, a Walking Dead 101, or not really in a 101. It was a it was a Walking Dead appreciation because yeah, the Walking Dead came to an aspects. end. Yeah. Uh, next week you will hear our roundtable from FanQuest where we got together with some Walking Dead fans to talk about uh, The Walking Dead and what it meant to them. This week we're going to do a challenge for The Walking Dead and to we have a special guest this week for, Today for the challenge. we're going to be a Fantastic Four. <laughs> we're going to be a Fantastic Four because welcome back to the microphone, Sam. Thank you for having me. And we're again. not, it's not only going to be a special guest, it's also a special challenge match because it's Tag team. Tag team championship wrestling for the Imagine If Championships. <laughs> WWFWD. I don't know. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Worldwide Federation. Just Worldwide so you all know, Rumble. we have all taken off our shirts and we're getting ready to rumble. This is the part where we oil up. So I already did. Oh, well, good. Nobody, Nobody's worried. Nobody told me about this when I volunteered to help out today. But you're you're all for it. I, it's amazing. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought the, the oil. oil. Shirts off. <laughs> it's the skins I mean, versus the skins. You were the first one to take the shirt off. So, uh, but yes, we're gonna do a challenge with the Walking Dead cast to see how it would look in. Well, the teams go Rafa and myself versus Chris and Sam. Yes. They, they're going to take care of the Marvel Universe. We're taking care of the DC Universe. That's right. Watch out, Tom Taylor and Robert Kirkman, with you guys doing your deceased and Marvel zombies. <laughs> We're going to come at you with some even better stories. That's right. That's right. We're looking at you. 
So when we get to that, we will definitely explain a little bit more about why we came up with that challenge and how we're going to be doing it. Right now, let's get to the spinner rack for Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. All right. It's that time again. It's Wednesday, the wonderful day of the week, and it's time for you to go be a Wednesday warrior at your local comic shop. What should you look for? I've got some words. DC Comics will have Batman issue 76 out today, which continues on with the ever-incredible city of Bane. This stuff is getting wild and crazy, and freaking Tom King is not pulling punches. It's nuts. Is Batman still having trouble with his dad? Dude, Batman is like so far out of it. Like, um, last one I really remember was issue 74 when him and his dad went into the pit and then you saw the glove. So you don't even know if it's dad or Bruce. And then issue 75 was kind of like a, like a, not necessarily an Elseworlds, but a different situation with the Gotham villains being in charge of everything. So I don't remember if we saw Bruce or not. I think we saw, we saw Thomas Wayne. So he was the Batman in charge of that. So yeah, I haven't had a chance to read today's, but I'm pretty sure to say, yeah, his dad's definitely put a spanking on. (laughs) That's why he says Papa spank. It makes sense now. Oh no. There you go. Now that meme (laughs) is now part of continuity, even though it comes from continuity. There you go. (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) Uh, let's see. What else we got? We got Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, issue 4 of 6. This is where we take our Batman and our Ninja Turtles and we amalgamate them and make a wonderful world. So basically you have Teenage Mutant Ninja Robins in the form of Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo, and Donatello. And isn't it nuts how just not two, but three. Like well, This is the third outing we've got with that's the Dark Knight. The, and it's crazy because that's the third outing in that series, but there's even a th- a fourth one where it was Batman the Animated Series and oh. Ninja Turtles. So it's like, even though they call this the three, this is like their fourth one. Yeah, they did a special one Got in the it. style. And that even leads me to thinking back, they did the animated movie as well, right. which is going to get its own true. toy line from DC Collectibles. Wow. Freaking nuts. Those turtles keep putting their turtle hands in everything. Yeah, seriously. All what, three what, what are some other books that the turtles have crossed over with? So they've crossed over with Power Rangers in yep. the TV show space. So um, how did? Oh, but that was on the TV show. But TV they show. are getting and a now comic. They're getting a comic as well oh. with Mighty Morphin. Yep. Um, so do you have a turtle like driving a Zord? I'm a, I'm a hundred percent sure that's going to happen <laughs> because when we had Power Rangers and Justice League, I remember Batman being picked up by Kimberly's uh, pterodactyl Zord. So. They, they, they go with wild and crazy in these. And that's what makes them so much fun, you know? Because do we really see Batman joining forces with a bunch of turtles? Depending on which Batman you're looking at, I guess. But, I mean, they're wholesome characters that try to make the world a better place. I could definitely see Shredder being part of uh, Batman's rogues gallery. Could and, I you, mean, they're all ninjas. You have uh, uh, Shredder go up against Ratcatcher. See what oh, happens. <laughs> oh, God. Man. Uh, now, you know who I would love to see? And I, I always wonder, like, to the, to the creators that created him, but remember the Batman villain Metalhead? Yes. Him and Shredder should go up against each other. Yeah. I mean, they can't, like, you, like, you know, unboxing, sometimes they hug because they're so <laughs> overcome with joy during the fight. Yes. Those two exactly would, like, exactly hug, the and there'd be blood all over the place. It'd be nuts. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So, okay, wait, wait before I... I Batman, uh, Ghostbusters okay, and Ninja so, Turtles. Yeah, oh, it's Ghostbusters and Ninja yeah. Turtles. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, IDW has the property rights... Um, for publications, the, at least. Right. And, yeah, they've been pimping them out. I mean, oh, my God, uh, IDW, I think they did, like, I wanted to call it the cartoon book of Saturday morning, <laughs> like, where they had one where it was, like, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, and all this stuff. Yeah. And they had, like, a four-way crossover at one point. Uh, I, I remember Ghostbusters, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I forget who the other two are. I'm probably guessing... Um, 
I think he would have had probably G.I. Joe would have been a safe bet. And I'm not too sure who else. Mask? Maybe Mask. Maybe yeah. it could have been that. But yeah, but no, they, they definitely team up. It, it falls more under the independent books, um, but they do give a lot of love with teaming up the Turtles. Sam, were you a fan of Mask? I was not a fan of Mask, was, unfortunately. Mobile Assault Strike Command? Yeah. Is that what it was? Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I, n- not enough to know. <laughs> not enough to follow along. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, it was funny. That was one of those ones, because I remember I actually had some of those toys. Uh, just because it was like, oh, we can't get you Transformers, so here's Mask. <laughs> and so, like, you you know, like, oh, I got the semi-truck, but it's the Mask semi-truck, so it's, <laughs> it's not Optimus not Prime, Optimus you know? Prime, yeah. But, um, but I do remember having some love for those, you know? Like, I remember the lead guy, didn't he have, like, what, wasn't it like a Pontiac, or it, I forget what it was, but man, I just love, like, the, the, the hatch doors yeah. would open up and it would fly. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to get a car to do that. <laughs> and you really can't fly with hatch That's doors. That's not how that so. works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not how wings work. Physics is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're a kid, imagination is everywhere. Oh, oh yeah, it's part of it. You, I think, I think the idea is that if you pack enough rocket boosters onto something, <laughs> anything can fly. <laughs> NASA subscribes to that. <laughs> I mean, We're going to the moon. It's kind of how Iron Man works too. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. I know we're really off a of spinner wreck now, though. <laughs> Prior to the night, the 2008 Iron Man movie, did Tony Stark use the repulsor blasts in his hands to fly? It was just the boot, the rocket boots, right? I think he actually, like, I think he used the hands more for, like, steering. But, yeah, his main propulsion was always the jets. And the hands weren't necessarily, like, like the flamethrower jets that we see. Right. It was repulsor ways, so yeah. you would just shoot off stuff. Right. Um, but I think... Because I, I always picture him doing the, like, the hands in front of him flying through the air, like, kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of superman yeah, yeah. yeah. at least pose. one hand in yeah. front, if but, not but, both. Yeah, but now he, he doesn't yeah, do that. Yeah, because he's got both he's hands, got, so he has four blasters. Yeah. Yeah. Holding no, his daiquiris. I think, <laughs> I think the main reason why they've done that for the movies is because people want to be people want to see, even though they realize it's fantasy, they want to see something that's a little more believable. Right. You know, so maybe that's why they did that. I don't know. Completely understandable. I mean, I, I understand why they did it. I just thought, I was just thinking if that was the first time. Now, I think we might have seen, seen it. it probably, uh, I think it was Adri, I always say his name wrong, Adri Giovanni, the one who designed that armor that was picked up for the movies. He does that art. It's very painted looking like, mm-hmm. you know, up there quality stuff. And I think he actually may have been the one to come up with some of those like design movements because I know he's the one who did the superhero landing pose. And right, stuff like yeah. That. So The but, one knee. But it's, yeah, it's like maybe one or two years prior to the movie being out there. So it's all relatively new. Okay. All right, so let's see. Moving on, uh, since we're talking zombies and the undead and stuff like that, Deceased, number four of six is out. I got to do an advanced review on this one, and I got to say, this book hurt. I was so excited. I look at that first page, and it's like, oh, shit, Captain Adam's here. This is great. I love Captain Adam. Oh, my God. I'm going to give you some spoilers. I hope you don't mind. Spoilers in three, two, one. Damn. Uh, Okay, so the little atom, the size-changing atom, Ray Palmer, right? Yep. He decides to shrink down, go inside one of these infected, and try to see if he can discover what the virus is all about, right? Bad idea. He gets <laughs> massively infected. And so since oh. he can travel through like light rays and stuff like that as well, mm-hmm. he turns around and winds up getting inside Captain Adam. <clears throat> Nuke, Damn. Like gets him all crazy infected to the point where Captain Adam becomes nuclear and just decides to be like, I'm going to blow up Washington, D.C. Wow. Damn, dude. But the artist, um, oh, I should recognize, uh, I can't think of his name right now. But he did a phenomenal job. I like that he kept it very uh, classic Captain Adam. Well, not I shouldn't say classic Captain Adam because that takes you far back to like Steve Ditko. But he definitely kept the the uh, post crisis or yeah the post crisis style, and uh, he did a good job with um, 
putting some new 52 elements on it. And the artist is um, Trevor Hairsign. Oh, man, beautiful, beautiful stuff. And he's actually one of the few people to actually work on The Walking Dead, if I remember correctly. And actually, as soon as I said that, I realized I'm wrong. It was the inker, not the artist. So that would actually go to Stefano uh, Guadiano. I know I said that totally wrong, so I'm sorry. All right, but moving along, let's see what else do we got here. Um, if you're a fan of Doom Patrol, they just started up a new series, Doom Patrol, The Weight of the Worlds, issue two. So this is very much going to be in tone with what you saw on the TV show. So if you want more of that action, go pick up issue two and try to see if you can score issue one. This is by Jared Way. Gerard, Gerard Way. Gerard Way, yeah. <laughs> Pronouncing any names. Which he uh, did the last iteration exactly, of it, Exactly, he right? brought him yeah. back. Yeah. So he's very much got that tongue-in-cheek style. So yeah. And uh, for those, I know we didn't talk about it, two episodes ago but uh for those wondering uh doom patrol did get renewed for a second season both on it will it will show up on both dc universe app and the hbo max app which is oh, the cool warner brothers that'll be their big streaming app. yeah their oh. their big app so nice good for them good so then that means the dc universe app will live so at, right now everything's kind of in limbo. You think that it probably will because Titans season two is definitely going to be on there, uh-huh. and uh, the idea is that I I definitely I think that people are going to keep they're going to keep the DC Universe app so that you can also get that uh, comic books uh-huh. the, the the comic yeah, books you can read on draw. there. Yeah, that's a big draw for that. But like I think a lot of the shows are also going to be on HBO Max. Yeah, that's fine if they double dip. I'm yeah. totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. You know. Cool. Good to hear then. See, I kind of had this fear that it was just going to be like, hey, we got a great idea, but we want to put it all in house, so let's cancel that shit and put it under one umbrella. <laughs> it's like, yep, typical Warner Brothers. Well, I mean, if they decide to do like bring the comic books over to the HBO Max too, like to make it like a, like, it, hey, if you really like the yeah. comic book part, you can do it over here too, like, and just get rid of the DC Universe. I'm okay with that yeah, that'd too. That'd be great, you know, but at the same time, it's just, it sucks that DC Comics does a lot for Warner Brothers to save it, and Warner Brothers does a lot to fuck DC Comics. This over. is true. Yeah. So now, if you ever wonder why I don't work for DC Comics <laughs> or Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers hates me. <laughs> All right, moving along. Uh, Green Lantern issue ten came out. Liam Sharp and Grant Morrison deliver some crazy ass shenanigans. Um, so it was a fantastic issue. I got to read that one. I loved it. Uh, this is dealing with the multiverse lanterns. So if you haven't read Multiversity, I would recommend reading it. And if you have read it, I'd recommend rereading it because I imagine there's going to be some clues going on there as well. Harley Quinn hits issue 64. Justice League will be coming at you with issue 29. And this will continue on with some more Year of the Villain shenanigans. Um, so this is going to be closing up an arc. And basically the emphasis here is going to be Starro, where he's going to be a kid sidekick Jaro because he's working for the Justice League. The fact that Starro has just gone from like a kind of remembered villain to being brought back as a villain to now being kind of like a good guy. Uh-huh. It's been a wild adventure. It is. And I think that just screams the fun of comics again, because yeah. when you go back to like metal, when uh, Scott Snyder decided to be like, oh, and even then they, they put that in there like, oh, yeah, Starro has eight asses or whatever it was or five asses. <laughs> it was like that was cool that they put that little tug and cheek fun in there. Yeah. And the fact that it still carried over 29 issues later in the Justice League is just great. That's one of the cool things because comic books, you know, they're supposed to be fun and exciting. And I feel with, you know, this new wave of new people coming in and enjoying them because of the movies, sometimes they, they take themselves a little bit too seriously. Yeah. yeah. That can become a problem when it becomes too gritty to this. Sometimes I want to know that Starro has like 18 asses. Yeah. <laughs> I want that. Uh, that's part of my who's who collection. I need to know. I would thing. tell you guys right now, I was today years old when I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you heard it here first. Eh, what the heck? You guys know we don't necessarily. Well, actually, today's episode will go out today, so this is perfect because it's Sam's birthday. Aww. He probably didn't want us saying that, but everybody listening, pause, sing happy birthday, and then when I say go, Sam's going to react. Ready? And one, two, three, pause. And now you're back. Go. Well, thank you all so much. I didn't know you all could sing in key and harmonize. That was awesome. We love we, you, Sam. We are the podcast that reaches out to our fan base. That's, That's right. what we do. That's right. So thank you, and happy birthday, Sam, for being born. Uh, sadly, you don't have 18 assholes. I'm, <laughs> happily, I, I don't have 18 buttholes. <laughs> you have 19. <laughs> That's always the twist. Um, Son of a... <laughs> Moving along, Justice League, the deluxe edition hardcover will be released. Um, this is probably riding off the coattails of Alex Ross, his Marvels hitting 15 years old, if I remember correctly. So definitely a lot of it. No, 25 years old. I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of his artwork is going to be re-released. So these deluxe editions are fantastic. And Justice is a fun story. Like if you were a fan of Super Friends growing up and you wish it kind of was a little bit more superhero, not so comic-y, that would be the book for you. It was a fun read. I remember picking this up. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm on the fence about buying the hardcover because I'd rather find my issues and reread it. But at the same time, the hardcover is advertising that they have over 100 pages of bonus material. That's oh, wow. a lot. So, wow. Yeah, I, I recommend. So shop around, see what you can do. Yeah. What a great story, too. I mean, I remember reading that and just besides the fact that Alex Ross's art is amazing yes. and it goes through the entire part is the fact that all of the villains come together. To take out the good guys. Yeah. Well, it definitely, it echoes to what's going on in Justice League right now. I mean, talk about the Legion of Doom. That's one of its other iterations. And I mean, this this comic series was so big and invested at the time that DC Direct, which is now DC Collectibles, but DC Direct made their own Justice toy line. They had their own figures, which were out of scale with everything else I owned, which was great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lois Lane issue two is out there, so if you want to get some behind the scenes of what's going on in Leviathan or you're the villain, this is going to be your hub book to get information. Uh, Superman Up in the Sky issue two will be out, and this is the Tom King uh, miniseries that's being published in the DC Walmart book. So if you want to collect it under its own banner, that's the way to go. And Sinestro, Year of the Villain, number one. So there will be some various Year of the Villain spinoff books where they get their own private story. So if you're a Green Lantern fan, a Sinestro fan, this is the way to go. I flipped through this one. It looks really interesting. Um, I've got to start getting adjusted to the fact that Sinestro isn't a Sinestro core lantern. He's an ultraviolet lantern. So that'll be kind of interesting to see what's going on there. <coughs> Moving right along, let's see. What do we got coming at us from Marvel, the House of Ideas? We have, as soon as I get there, there we go. Absolute Carnage. That's right. When you were younger, if you were my age, Maximum Carnage was the shit. It really it was, was so good. It even had its own Sega Genesis game. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and man, if you could get the red cartridge, you were the coolest kid <laughs> So ever. on that Absolute Carnage cover, is that Bullseye? Um, so I, I've like looked at the spiral yeah, right like on that. top of the head, right? I think <clears throat> it's that's no. either carnage or it's like the god carnage because oh. the symbiotes have their own god, so it's it's something to that. But I think that's the Panera Car symbol. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the carnage of uh, bread pastries. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I honestly, I'll be honest with you, I haven't been following most of the stuff going on. Like, I mean, it's Donny Cates, and he's a superstar. He is really putting some good Marvel stuff out there. I mean, we know firsthand from Damnation. Uh, his Guardian stuff has been great. So he just has a ton of love for the symbiotes. So he's going to be doing a lot of big stuff this year, and it kicks off right here with Absolute Carnage, which will be a five-part miniseries, but with a lot of tie-ins. So I know that 
us being the age that we are, like I'm supposed to be a real big fan of the symbiotes and stuff like that. Like that's supposed to be like, a big, the 90s, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's supposed to be right where I grew up. But that's the one part of Spider-Man that I just don't care for. Like I don't I, like Agent Venom was probably the, 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 the most I ever liked Venom was when he became right. Flash Thompson, like Flash Thompson became him. So all the Carnage stuff, like every other spinoff symbiote, you know, Vile and, you know, Toxin and, and Scream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just never cared about. And then they did what they do, Edge of Venomverse. They do, yeah, they, that. they do uh, what Venom Island because they did Spider Island. Didn't they do Venom Island? I think they did a Venom Island. And then they had, they had it where all of the Marvel characters ended up getting yeah, a venomized. Symbiote. Yeah, yeah, Venomized. So. And, then, and then the man himself, Tom Hardy, got to play Venom. And that movie was terrible. And that movie was garbage, but how dare you say that, Mitch? Because I loved it. It did make did all you the really? Money. I haven't seen it yet. It did make it. all the money. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Tom Hardy fan. I'll, I'll watch the dude do just about anything. Tom Hardy washing dishes. <laughs> I'm there. I'll give you my $10. <laughs> Tom Hardy, contact me. We've got a movie. Right? God, I remember him when he was a skinny kid in uh, Band of... No, Band of Brothers. Oh, Band of Brothers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's just... I don't know. I just I've never been excited about Venom stories. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, honestly. Like I mean, Venom was a great character concept because I like the idea that he could really screw with Peter Parker. Okay, like when he would do those, like you know, Pete would be like, "All right, goodbye, MJ." Kisses her, flies out the window, and does his thing, and then Eddie would just like pop up out of the shadows. He's like, "What are you gonna do?" <laughs> you know, and like like seriously, Mary Jane was traumatized. Like, she got to a point when Peter went back to wearing the black costume. She's like, you can't do that. Don't wear that in here. Don't wear it around me. And it was like, wow, psychological terror. That was cool. Uh, when Carnage first started, the fact that a serial killer had this crazy-ass symbiote was insane. And, I mean, th- like, their initial stories were great. Uh, I think I kind of lost their, lo- their, their, their appeal when they went ultimate. Like, mm-hmm. I just didn't care for the ultimate versions of them. I think they were lesser. <laughs> but, I mean... Every generation's got to have its stuff. They've taken things and reiterated. I yeah. mean, you know, crisis happened, and then, you know, like that was before us, before we really got into it. But then Infinite Crisis happened, which is definitely one of our stories. So, I mean, I'm not as super excited myself. Like, I mean, I'm glad, and I hope the the, the, the thing does great. But, yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, let me go spend my, you know, it's... I, I hope it does well, but yeah. Because like I bought Venomized, and the only reason I bought it is because it tied in with X-Men Blue. So I was like, okay, Cyclops is a part of this. I had no care for the symbiotes because I feel like they've gotten overused. Like when you had Venom, he was his own thing. He was a unique villain. Yeah. I mean, that'd be like, you know, like Craven's, you know, like, oh, here's Craven, here's Kraven, you know, and, <laughs> and all these different. It's like he's a neat villain. He's a great concept. But when you start putting more to it, it does kind of water down. So I guess my ultimate question is for everybody else, you know, here, how, how do you feel about Venoms? Like, are you a huge Venom fan, Sam? Again, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I, you, you guys know I stay more closer to the Punisher than <laughs> Spider-Man. So uh, I definitely like the character. Now, I, did you I, like I the like what if that had Punisher Venom? <laughs> mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'll send you the link. Does Frank, right. So in that, does Frank call it? Is is, is it we like like? I think he did. I think yeah. I think he did. I think he did talk that way. Okay. Yeah. And Rafa, how, how do you feel about Venom and? Eddie I've, I've always enjoyed Venom. I've always you know when I was reading Spider-Man comic books, uh, Venom was a big part of it. I remember watching the animated series, and uh-huh. I always just wanted Venom and Spider-Man to be best friends. <laughs> and the parts where you know. Uh, Cassidy showed up and he's carnage and he's killing everybody and so Venom and, and Spider-Man joined forces right. for a small amount of time that's what I always liked I've always been a big fan of like the frenemies who become friends in order to beat 
a bigger bad guy. Right. Bad guy yeah. So that's what I always liked about Venom. And then watching Spider-Man Unlimited, when both Venom and Carnage went to space with Spider-Man, it was nuts. So, I mean, I like him. I do agree he's been overused. And I don't know why they had to make a Venom movie. Uh-huh. I mean, when that came out, I was like, why? I mean, I ultimately ended up liking the movie because I like Tom Hardy. But Well, you know what? Uh, the, the recent news is that Andy Serkis is going to be directing the sequel, so huh. uh, you know I, I'm kind of all for that. So I'll be there to watch that movie too. Well, there <laughs> you His go. money. But, uh, okay, continue. Sorry. Uh, no, anyways, yeah. So Absolute Carnage. This is going to be one of the major events going on at Marvel. So definitely go get your checklist and follow through. Uh, Arrow. I'm sure. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. This is one of the new characters to spin out of the. Um, oh God. Um, War of the Realms, but the Agents of Atlas miniseries. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them got their own solo books. So Arrow will be having issue one reprinted, re-released today, which is perfect because issue two comes out as well. Now, so isn't Agent of, out, Agents of Atlas, isn't that the whole Asian team? Yes. Okay. Yes, as Stanley would say, Asian. Asian team. <laughs> and speaking of Agents of Atlas, they get their own five-part miniseries, which starts today. So, man, if you loved that, like, what a great thing. Like, sometimes, isn't it fantastic when you discover, like, a little team that that just comes out of an event and then they get like blown up on the map, you know, because it's kind of like World Without Adults. Hey, this is a great concept. Boom, Young Justice. You know, I love when that stuff happens. Yeah. So, I mean, talk about a great day for those fans. So, yeah, Agents of Atlas will have a five part miniseries starting today. Black Cat issue three is out. Champions issue eight is out as well. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel History part six of six. That's right. Crazy old man, spirit of vengeance, cosmic powered Frank Castle. Man, that's an order. That (laughs) son of a bitch is done taking a tour de force of the Marvel Universe. And Sam, I would definitely point that miniseries your way because, yes, it's going to be comical and things like that, but it also starts off with Frank going in the past and going to visit his family before they're gone. So he actually runs into his wife and kid, and so they're like, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm Frank. Uh, I mean, I'm your, 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 I think he says Uncle Frank or something like that, or Grandpa or Great Uncle Frank. Uncle Francis. (laughs) Yeah, so that's kind of neat that he gets that running with the family. That's cool. Daredevil, issue nine is out. Chip Zardaski is killing it. He pays me to say that. But besides that, <laughs> that book is actually great. I mean, I've always been a Daredevil fan, but what Chip's doing in that series has been great stuff. I love this run of Daredevil. I cannot stress it enough for you. Dead Man Logan's almost dead because he's at issue 10. So that 12-part miniseries will be interesting to see how that closes out. Logan's run in the old man world. Fantastic Four Prodigal Son gets a second printing. Issue one will be out. Future Foundation number one starts. So if you like Fantastic Four, get ready for the spinoff book with all the kids and all the crazy shenanigans that they start going on. Shenanigans. Golden Age, Marvel (laughs) Comics Omnibus Volume 1 will be out. So if you're a fan of, you know, just historic comics and things like that, this is a great omnibus to have in your collection. Why? Because this is where it all begins. This is Marvel Comics. You're going to get Marvel Comics number one in this collection. Which is fantastic because, I mean, that is a historical comic. You're going to get the first 12 issues of that series, uh, Marvel Mystery Comics issues 2 through 12. So you're going to get a lot of great stuff here. Kazar, Namor, uh, Human Torch, and other various characters from the Golden Age. A lot of great work. So this is one of those ones I recommend having it on your bookshelf. You know, it's like fine wine. It's great stuff to have. House of X, issue 2, dropped heavy and hard today. Go for it, Rafa. You got something. It's like a fine wine, you know? It's kind of like when you... Socle <laughs> blue. It, it, it's that... I mean, you can't really convey this into thought except for a feeling. 
and it's kind of people compare it to feelings of like when you hold your newborn baby for the first time or even moments where like your buddies want to hang out and they let you choose what movie to watch <laughs> and nobody has a problem with you picking gremlins to the new batch it's like those amazing feelings it's a perfect feeling and that is what this comic entails because not only was the hype real and realized with oh house of x issue number one which i thought was going to be hard because i'm like oh and there's no way it's going to be this good Everyone go fuck themselves. It's not going to be this good. And it was. And then when this came out, I started reading. I'm like, oh, it's going to be all about Moira. I don't give a shit about Moira. And by, the end, of it, by the end of it, I was just like, give me some more of that Moira, man. What's <laughs> going on? You give 10 shits about Moira. That's so, how incredible it was. This is something you definitely want to pick up. If you're an X-Men fan, even if you don't like the X-Men, pick it up. It's just <laughs> Mr. Hickman is, make, is, is creating art before our very eyes. And if you didn't get the chance to read Infinity when it was first coming out, like I didn't, and then I had to read the whole thing, I'm excited to be part of something that Hickman is writing currently where I'm in for the journey. Yeah. No, that's what's exciting about comics. Like sometimes you go back and you pick up a trade and you read that story and it, it congeals a lot better because you get all the information at once. But the mystery and the greatness of comics is that serialized weekly story or monthly story, depending on the situation. So yeah, you gotta admit this is a lot more exciting because you can't turn the page. You gotta wait. Thank God Hickman only makes us wait weekly. Yes. So if you missed out on House of X issue one, don't worry. There's a second printing that's released today. Pick up both. Even if you own the first one, pick it up again. Get all of them. <laughs> all right. Immortal Hulk issue 20 gets a second print, which will go in time with Immortal Hulk issue 22. Invisible Woman issue 2 will be out. This is Mark Wave taking that lady and making her an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you're a fan of really giant, big comic books and spending money, then they've got a book for you. Kirby Returns King Size. That's right. These <laughs> books are insane. I made the mistake of buying one. I've now turned it into a spare room at the house. It's that freaking huge. It's crazy. But there's going to be a lot of wild stuff. Now, if you're excited and you're like, ooh, this is Jack King Kirby, that's right. But ooh, this is Jack King Kirby after he got fired from Marvel, then went to DC and got fired from DC and went back to Marvel. So this might be some stuff that you're like, oh, I guess, maybe. It's, it's a lot of Eternals. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so actually, surprisingly, there is no Eternals. Holy oh, crap. that is yeah. surprising. It's going to wow. be Captain America issues 208 to 212. Black Panther issues one through three, Machine Man one through six, and Devil Dinosaur four through seven. So there's some stuff that's like, oh, that sounds good. And then there's some stuff that is just Devil Dinosaur. So I don't know what the hell you're going to do with that. But hey, it's a really big book. So if you want to see classic comic book art in that giant size, that's the way to do it. Uh, for some reason, this happened. Major X got an issue zero. That's right. They're milking that cow, even though God. it's dead. So that's all I've got to say about that. Is it cat on the side of the street and they're still getting at the teat? Didn't yeah. they just Nothing's coming out. Didn't they just announce that uh, Liefeld was going to the DC for something? To well, something? he's been doing uh, variant covers for DC. No, because if anything, he was talking smack about DC. Because he was like, oh, DC Comics is going to fail. They're they're a firing trash can. Oh, that's right. They, that, made, they made him, uh, that made him destroy his Twitter account, right? Yeah. Because yeah, then everybody Ooh. came back and said, what the fuck are you, dumb? They, you know? So then, is he writing something for Boom or drawing something for Boom? I or? think he's looking for work. Honestly, because he just... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Sam makes all my jokes better. <laughs> We're he's going to be a current feature all the time. No, uh, like because he burned the bridge with DC when he basically did that. He got on Twitter and he's like, DC Comics is a flaming pile of garbage. Every Everybody and their mother came out against him for that. 
he made another stupid ass prediction. So eventually it led to like Rafa said, he just X nade his Twitter. So obviously he's not going to be doing much with DC after starting that commotion. Then he got in a fight with the co-creator of Wildcats or something like that. One of his one of his team books. So that's I no longer Jim Lee made Wildcats. I think Jim Lee did maybe his Young Blood. There we go. Young, oh, Blood. young Blood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's no longer his thing. Like he's like, fine, fuck you. You keep all the rights. And he's just please. If you live near Rob Leefield, or if you're his pharmacist, <laughs> check on him. Make sure he's taking his medication. And not all three pills at once. Yeah, that's right. That's what Dr. Mix says. <laughs> all right. Anyways, moving along. Uh, here's something better. And this is one I actually bought. So I would recommend you get one as well. Marvel Comics, number one, the 80th anniversary edition hardcover. Now, yes, I'm a sucker. I love facsimile editions. I love reprints. I love the old stuff because you've got to respect your roots. This is beautiful. Why? Because in January, <clears throat> DC is finally going to reprint their first comic book. That's the first time that book has been printed since 1937. So to have the Marvel Comics first one there and the first DC, that's going to be like freaking joygasm on your shelf. I'm stoked. Wow. So I pre-ordered both of those from Amazon. I cannot wait. I want them now. So if you go to your LCS, you should be able to pick one up. This is beautiful. It's got Marvel Comics number one exactly as it was. So you get the original first comic with all its mini stories. Then you're going to get some bonus stuff in there. You're going to get Saga of the original Human Torch number one, which is basically... It's a retelling of that first issue, but more from the eyes of the original Human Torch. Then you're going to get Marvel's issue zero, which is a beautiful prose piece that has some amazing artwork from uh, Alex Ross. And then finally, Marvel Comics number one, 70th anniversary edition. Well, that book came out 10 years ago, which freaks me out because that was an anniversary 10 years ago because it's the 80th anniversary of Marvel. But there's a lot of great jam-packed features in there. This is one of those books where you keep it. And then after you're done telling the story of Rick Grimes called The Walking Dead, and you have your young child in your lap, you can say, hey, let me tell you the story of Marvel Comics, the story of the Human Torch. And everybody's like, Johnny Storm? No. no the robot one. The real no one knows torch. about yeah. <laughs> And it's funny they call him Human Torch when he was a robot. Hey! hey look at that. Sam was today years old when he learned that. What? Uh, old Man Quill issue eight is out. I am loving that series. Old Man Quill, like... I just started thinking more and more about it, and I'm in the process of rereading the issues because there was a huge spoiler. I think it was either six or seven. It was like either at the end of an issue or the start of an issue. And I'm not going to tell you the spoiler, but I'm going to tell you when you go read those issues, read them very carefully. Look at character body language. Look at the phrasing of words and ask yourself, is everyone hearing these words? Because they might not be. Or maybe you're just that crazy that you're hearing those words. <laughs> but anyways, with all that greatness coming out, yes, issue eight is out. And volume one is out. Nobody's fault but mine. So that'll collect the first six issues of Old Man Quill. Uh, Punisher, issue 14 is out. Uh, Rosenberg, after slaying all the X-Men, is now being the Punisher himself. But that's okay. He's killing it with Frank. So right now we're in a story arc yes. called War in the Streets, and it's nothing but good stuff. It's all these street-level characters doing amazing things. Um, Savage Avengers issue one gets a third printing. That's right. That crazy book sold out twice. Savage Avengers number three is getting a second printing, and Savage Avengers number four is out as well. You know, I just want to think that uh, Jerry Duggan, Jerry, Jerry Duggan, Duggan, just kicked the door in at the Marvel like conference room and was like, "You know what I want to do? I want to make." Uh, Conan the Barbarian, the leader of an Avengers team, let me have it. And they're like, what the fuck? Who, who let this guy in? And then he's like, no, 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 trust me. And boom, two times sold out in issue one. Yeah. Like, are you joking me? Conan the Barbarian with the Avengers? Yep. 
This the Savage Avengers. What is wrong with this? What, what is wrong with this picture? What is wrong with this world? Wait, didn't you know. buy issue one though? <laughs> I have I issue did. one. Right, of I've course I did. This yeah, but you guy. have it because of Frank. Well, it's Frank true. Castle's Very true. Two Very of true. them. Two of them bought this. <laughs> Rafa, did you? I wasn't complaining about it. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't interested, and then I was going to get it, but it was sold out. So, well, so don't now, worry. So you got to wait for the third my, printing. This is my chance to strike. Pre-order the fourth printing. It's coming. Strike now while the iron is yeah. lukewarm. Lukewarm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, Sensational Spider-Man Self-Improvement number one. That's a lot of S's. But this one's actually going to be a really fun book. Going back to the idea of symbiotes. So the original idea of the alien costume had some different ideas. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Anyways, Peter David is back with Mark Bagley. And they're going to be doing some... Basically, like I, I guess it's like an alternative take. So the premise was somebody pitched an idea about Spider-Man having a black costume. Like, this was in the fan mail, and it got published in a comic, and it was like, oh, that's a cute idea, blah, 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 thanks, true believer, bye. <clears throat> then, like, three months later, um, Secret Wars came out, and this is back in the 80s, Secret War, and they did a black costume Spider-Man. So Marvel Comics cut a check to that guy and said, hey, thank you for your story idea. We didn't use it, but we don't want somebody coming back later on. Well, now they're finally actually going to take that original story idea and put it into print. Wow. So yeah. So, so is he going to get cut another check? I don't know. I don't know. So I mean, I, <laughs> no, I'd like to die so. by now. So. That actually is Brian yeah. Michael Bendis. Uh, the oh, fan yeah. is actually it's uh, Randy Scheller. Oh, That's you know Randy Scheller. Scheller. Yeah, yeah. He writes uh, I don't Savage Avengers. Uh, so anyways, yeah, his idea is actually finally gonna also get known published. as Robert Liefeld. <laughs> oh, Who go. needs work? That's what he's up to. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I recommend that one. It's just a fun, neat little jaunt into a what-if style comic. Uh, Spider-Man Annual number one is getting a second printing. That's right, that rascally Miles Morales. He's doing a great job, but why else did he have a great job in this one? Because he's teaming up with Spider-Ham. That's right, so if you want to get some Spider-Verse action, that's the place to go. Peter Porker himself. You know what we're gonna, I'm going to do? One of these... Some, you know, we'll wait till next March. We'll do our own version of March Madness, and we're gonna do we're gonna have brackets of Spider Man characters that aren't Spider Man, like the the. So you're gonna have Venoms ben and Riley. Carnage and, and Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider and Kane, and we're gonna go through it, and we're gonna have people vote, and we're gonna find out who comes out at the very end as a as a top. Like we're gonna have all the slingers too. We're gonna have Dusk and oh, Hornet, hell and, yeah. and Prodigy and and uh, and Ricochet. It's gonna be full on Highlander style, there right? Can be only oh. one. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Peter stays back. Peter oh. and Miles stay back, but everybody else. The winner is of the be. tournament then goes up against Peter. <laughs> right. Miguel has to go up there too. Oh man, I'll start working on the graphics. That sounds <laughs> exciting. I love it. Uh, let's see. Spider. Or, sorry, there's a bunch of Star Wars books. Sam, are you reading your Star Wars books? I have not read any of the many Star Wars books that I've collected. One of these days, I'll bring them over and we can take a look at all the Star Wars books that I haven't read, but I have oh, collected. That's, that's a lot of looking. Dude. Oh my gosh, dude, you have no idea. Just to scare you even more, Star Wars, the main book itself is issue seven. Trust me, I know. So he's probably still at issue six. Like. I've got a box. I've got a box of just Star Wars. Oh gosh. Uh, well, good luck with that. And Thank Diane you. thanks you. Yes. She does. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. <laughs> Did I order this one? It did now, True Believer. <laughs> You've got a bag. You, you're in You're in the box. Yeah, you're in the box. Let's see. Thanos issue three is getting a second printing. Thor 14 is getting a second printing. War of the Realms issue six of six, the conclusion, is getting a second printing. War of the Realms, Giant Man trade paperback, which collects the three-issue miniseries, is also collected and released. So that's a lot of reprinting and a lot of fallout from the War of Realms. And then lastly... Wolverine, Exit Wounds, issue one. It is getting a second printing. This is a phenomenal book. Why? Because this actually brings back 
Chris Claremont, Salvador LaRocca, with uh, teaming up with Larry Hama to do some Wolverine. And it's got a beautiful Sam Keith cover. Sam Keith, you'll recognize from the Max. So this is just... Remember Wolverine from the 80s and 90s when he was a badass little hairy dude? It's that Wolverine. He's back. And that is the what's on your show. Wait, have we gotten a second issue of uh, Jane Foster Valkyrie yet? I don't know. No, I don't believe so. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think we're just at issue one. We're just at issue one. Has anybody had a chance to read that yet? No. No? No. no I haven't. Don't look at me like I'm weird. No, no, no. I don't read all the comics. <laughs> I mean, it's a possibility you could have read it. Do you know who's writing it? Yeah. Okay. Jason fine. Aaron. <laughs> that Jason Aaron. Now I gotta look it up. But no, I was <laughs> just wondering. I'm just wondering if it's any good because I mean it's it, probably good. I don't see why it wouldn't be good. But I'm just what, wondering what you know. What's the title again? Jane Foster. Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, they announced. They, but the first issue one of that came out right before they announced the whole uh, door four at San Diego Comic Con, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. So something I never thought I'd see Natalie Portman once again up there. I w- right? I never thought that would either. I never did. But that was insane. But, but there's all those pictures of her holding Mjolnir. Yeah, I mean, I think they were like, hey, we're going to let you be Thor. Let's, yeah. uh, I guess she decided okay. She's like, all right, I'm okay with this. Well, I mean, she had a falling out with the director of number two, right? Number two, yeah. And it's not him anymore. Now it's uh, the fantastic... Taika Waititi. Yeah, so, I mean... I mean, obviously, yeah. He, I'm still waiting for uh, what happened. What is it? What happened in the shadows? Or what we do in the shadows? Sh- two. That's what I want. Are they doing a part two to that movie? I want them to. I mean, they're doing this <laughs> the series. Are you watching the series on FX? Is it on FX? That's yeah. what's up. Okay. Yeah. It's I'm an American version, it. though. But I mean, he still has a hand in it. I would assume. Okay. It's got to be somewhat funny. Yeah. Jason Aaron and Al Ewing. So it is. Yeah, that's Jason a Aaron. top heavy creators there. Yeah. No, I mean this book. Honestly, like I'm excited for her. Um, I like the costume design. I mean, it, it's just, it's going to be fantastic stuff. I mean, the cover, the beautiful cover art there is great. But I just, I don't know. I've kind of. Oh, that is Thor a nice has cover. always been a hard sell for me. Same. You know, so it's like, <clears throat> I like it. I think it's a neat concept. You put them in a team, I'll definitely read it. I mean, I read I read Jane Foster's Thor when she was in Avengers, but I didn't pick up the Thor book itself. So right. that's just, I just never had that appreciation. Because War of the Realms, I sat that arc out. The only thing I did was the three uncanny issues. Um, Because I think, I was talking to. I don't know if I was talking to you or we were talking on the podcast, uh, but when they were talking about the whole, the the secret, the mystery of who was that picked up Mjolnir on the, on the moon, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden this almighty Thor, or mighty Thor came out, and it was a female, and then you don't find out that it's Jane Foster till later, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, when they did the initial arc, yeah. Back How did day. Jane Foster get to the moon? How didn't she get to? <laughs> I mean, actually, did she pick up the? Did she pick up Mjolnir on Mars on on the moon? Or that's did she what pick someone, Earth? That's what I. No, that's what I heard. It was on the moon. Come on, guys! It's the oh. power of the teleporting Yggdrasil. <laughs> oh, is that it? And the Bifrost. She was the just. Bifrost. She was hanging out with Lockjaw. That's it. Right <laughs> Lockjaw took her. That's why we didn't see it's him that much now. in the actual. <laughs> there you go. TV show. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I, I just want. I'll research that because now you got a good question. So All right. I want to find out more. So to be continued. So that was the spinner rack for this week. On to our challenge. We're gonna cut, we're gonna talk, we're talking about The Walking Dead. Um, I, I, I've said this before. I've really only ever watched the show. I've never I've never really read the comic He's until one of those fans. until <laughs> until we did the roundtable about uh, Rest in Peace uh, recently, and I, I wanted to see how how does the story end. I know it's not going to be the same as how it ends for the TV show, but which is good. It's which is totally good. It was it was it was still interesting. So now, with that in mind. Do you have any interest, knowing that it's a limited series, you only have to read 193 issues, <laughs> only. could you see yourself going in and checking out the whole story? You know, if I didn't already have such a backlog of <laughs> catalog, 
I would. I would sit there and borrow your your omnibus trades and stuff like that, and yeah. just sit there and, and read through them all. One of the biggest things hold, that was holding me back from reading it, and I'm I'll I'll, I'll say this. I, I'm kind of terrible this way. But it was all black, the black and white art. I just don't care for that. Well, I yeah. see. And I'm over here thinking that's what I really liked about really? it. Oh, yes. See, I love the covers because they're all colored and I, I like the art. But yeah. like just the black and white art, I just. That's one of the things that, that, that I enjoyed about it is that you didn't have to sit there and look at too many different. Not that I'm like, oh, it's too tedious to look at all these colors, but it's just, <laughs> it was just a nice throwback to a, to a gritty uh-huh. um, old pulp, right. you know, style book, you know. I, I agree. But to. Uh, that was the hard part to get into it, but then it's kind of like eating a bag of potato chips. Once uh-huh. you start, it's hard to stop. I get that. Oh, yeah. And, and the, <laughs> the other thing, you know, with uh, not only Adler, but Charlie, Charlie Adler? Charlie, Charlie, Adler, Adler, yeah. Charlie Adler, yeah. With his art, yeah. that art, like, you go through it so fast. Like, I remember before I knew it, I was like 30 minutes into reading it, I've already read like the, the first three graphic novels. Wow. Yeah. Oh, like, the trades? The trades. Yeah. Like, it goes really fast. Yeah, it does. So my my, my, my story of how I, I got into reading The Walking Dead, um, like I said, they they made the announcement like, oh, we're going to do the show on AMC. And I was like, yes, AMC's good. Frank Dernabout, this is going to be awesome stuff. So yes, I'll admit to it. I downloaded you know, Pirate Bay and I, I downloaded all the issues that they had at the you time. You thief. <laughs> yes. Well, he went and bought the trades. Oh, I, I did. Afterwards, I was like, this shit is that good that I had to. Yeah. And... But anyways, I started, I bought the first trade. I bought the first six. Like I said, I lay down on the couch a Sunday afternoon to read it, and I can't read a full comic book trade. I can't. Like, after three issues, I start having a headache, and I'm kind of like, all right, man, you know, like, my eyes are shit. Just relax, you know? But this one, I devoured it. I don't know, maybe the black and white art, maybe just, you know, all this stuff, but it was just like, man, but it was good. Like, I read it, and I was like, I want more, and I understood it. Like, I caught things. Like, it's not like it was like, okay, you know, like, because I'll admit, I was a comic book snob when I first started. It was like, if this is good-looking art, I will read it. If it's shit art, I'm not trying it. And then you read shitty yeah, writers, and Tim you're like, sales. never mind. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Whoa. You, you guys just, yeah, you guys just went over my head with that one. <laughs> uh, Daredevil Yellow. Okay, okay. Uh, Spider-Man Blue. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Batman The Long Halloween. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're killing Rafa here. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I read that first trade, and I was like, wow. And I couldn't wait till like, you know, the next, to the store opens up so I can get my copy. So I download it. I read them. But the funny thing is, so at the time, like, and this is like, so I'm a teacher. So summers, I've got time off. I've got ridiculous amounts of time. It's fucking hot out. So you become, you know, uh, nocturnal. You have nothing else to do but be awake at like 3 a.m. So here I am at the late part of the night reading these digital comics. And I had YouTube on. And for some reason, I don't know how it happened, but it got stuck on LaRue. I, I think that's how you say your name. LaRue, LaRox. It's R-O-X or something like that. Uh-huh. And she has the song Bulletproof. Yep. And now, like, and it's it actually works for The Walking Dead, at least oh, to yeah. me, because it was kind of like, what's the, the song when they put Daryl in the thing? Uh, oh, Easy Street. Yeah, oh, that's God. my Easy Street. Easy so Street. now, like, when I read Walking Dead, I like to have that bulletproof song, and I'm like, oh, this thing's so great. So fuck, man. But I, I seriously went on like a three day bender, went all the way up to like I think at the time they were at issue seventy two, so I made it all the way up there, reading this stuff, listening to Bulletproof by Larue. <laughs> so that's how I got into fucking The Walking Dead. I did buy the CD as well. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm the yeah. only person who buys all the CDs yeah. in this country. I, I just, I, I just had car. never gotten into it, and Duh. I mean, I, I could see myself going back and reading it now that, yeah, it, it's only so many issues. Um, 
I got, that's, I've got the first 20 trades if you want. <laughs> first 20 of them? First 20. Oh, yeah. Only. <laughs> there's, no, but, there's like 36 total now. 32. Oh, 32. Yeah. Do I, I can't math. And again, <laughs> I can't stress enough just how quick of a read it is, too. Yeah, I can and see that. And not only is it quick, but also, I mean, it's, it's good writing. That's the best part. I mean, the writing is what really keeps you going. I mean... Like I said, yeah, you're reading through it fast, but that's because you want to know what happens next. And mm-hmm. then it goes to the next part of the next part of the next part. And just when you think, oh, it can't get any crazier, the governor does this. Like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. man. Is Kirkman writing anything still, um, comic book-wise? Like, I mean, he doesn't really need to. He has this TV Yeah, I mean, I, I know he now. helped launch Thief of Thieves, which, by the way, was fantastic. Uh, they keep talking about trying to pick it up for TV. But when he did Thief of Thieves, he did it more in the style of television, where it's like, here's the writer's room, so here's the idea, and then you you write this part to that part and so on. Oh, and didn't um, he also do uh, Oblivion Song? I think so. There you go. That yeah. was the book. Yeah. And I think, aren't they optioning that for TV yeah. or something like that? So. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to do comics anymore. <laughs> so I think, yeah, maybe Oblivion Song was his well, last. Book. I remember, I remember when uh, I remember seeing him at a panel when he was talking, and like after the Walking Dead had hit it big, you know, for the first couple seasons, uh, the lady that was the head of programming uh, for Cinemax had come up to him and said, "Oh, what are you working on now?" And he and not thinking that. Hey, I'm at a professional function and I need to keep my answers to myself, kind of thing. Like, he's, oh, well, I, I really have this idea for, uh, you know, this kid that has the demons inside of him and stuff like that. And that's what Outcast is, ends up being. And then she's like, great, I want to option that. And he's like, wait, what? I haven't written anything about it yet. I haven't written it. Yeah. Which, you know, Cinemax had two seasons of it. And yeah. I think, I don't know if the book is still going or not, but that's, that's, I think that's, I think it might they've only got two seasons of that. They only got two seasons of oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, it's just interesting. Kirkman hmm. seems like a very cool, like personable person. So, uh, I hope he, I hope he continues to create more, even if it's, yeah. even if it's not with comic books. And that's the good part. Cause again, it's all storytelling, you know, it's, you're yeah. able to build a story and did, develop something. Did anybody read Battle storytelling? Pope? No, I never read Battle Pope. No, I have never read it either. I wonder if it's any good. It's too much. Don't. No, no, no. Okay. So darn it. Um, so obviously we know each other outside this podcast and we talk and <clears throat> that like when we, yeah, not Sunday, you and Kirkman, just you're talking about the, no, actually us. I was just talking about, yeah. I was talking about um, <laughs> we go way he, back. He always, he, he sends the craziest memes. Uh, but anyways, he so I, I like after we did our recording for the walking dead, um, Round table? Podcast, yeah, round table, that's okay. the word. When we did that when I went home, and I since I had the trade out, I decided to read the volume one trade again. I forgot about the introduction. And it's funny because he writes in there. That's what I love about when Robert Kirkman's doing these books is how like intimate it gets. Like he is talking to you. Like, I mean, it wasn't it beautiful when you read issue 193 and that last like four pages of him just talking about it. And he's like, I'm fucking scared oh, to I quit know. this book. Yeah. And it's like, dude, yeah. I You're read that. I, I got I almost got. I got choked up a little when I was reading his that that little love letter at the end. Yeah, and so anyway, so it was funny because he was talking about. He's like, "The Walking Dead. It means so much for me. This is the zombie for horror flick for horror flick that will never end." As Rafa pointed out, and it, but it was just so funny because he's like, "And this is also my first serious work." I mean, the last thing I did was Battle Pope. <laughs> so even he wasn't hyping it. Like He's like, yeah, that stuff may be zany, but trust me, I'm actually a good writer. <laughs> so, I mean, thank you once again for the gift that is Rick Grimes and the world of The Walking Dead. That's right. So, so what we wanted to do was we wanted to see how could we 
recreate the characters that we saw in the first arc of The Walking Dead in the respective worlds that we also enjoy. Uh, Rafa and myself have DC as well, I'm wearing a Green Lantern shirt and he's wearing a blue shirt. Blue is usually associated with DC. And the other two are wearing red shirts where they're usually associated with Marvel. So it just worked out pretty well. Um, we're not gonna, we wanted to make it so that every character that we had counterparts for or in our worlds were non-powered. We didn't want, we didn't want Superman and Wolverine to show up and just be killing zombies. Well, but the neat thing is if you do have those characters, not saying that, that we or you guys didn't, but they're not going to be powerful. So if anything, they actually might be a liability mm-hmm. because you're thinking, cool, I've got Superman. Well, Superman's going to run into battle head first because he's the man of steel and he's going to get his fucking guts ripped open because <laughs> he's not powerful in this situation. So, uh, that we wanted to do that. And then we also, we wanted, we want, we, made it so that they were staying in their world. It's not like these characters got picked up and thrown into the Walking Dead world. It's more of the Walking Dead world got thrown into theirs. So, uh, yeah, how, how do we want to do this? Who wants to, who wants to throw down first? Well, okay, so do you want to ask the questions and then you guys give your response and then we'll give ours? Or you want to just throw out the questions, all, all the questions that were posed, posited to us well, first. Why don't we just throw out the questions right now? What okay. were the questions that were posited? Okay, so the first question, if you don't mind. Go for it. Take it. Okay. The first question, and these were all put out by Chris. Okay. And, and, don't reveal and, our secrets. Yeah. Who, who, who made the questions? Chris does. All right. Sorry. Mm. I don't do these things. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I just want to hear it on air. Box. Did you guys like my Negan Von Doom? Was that a, was that a fun <laughs> what? graphic? It was a good graphic. I right, like it, you. but you said non-powered, and then he has he has magic powers. You can't use magic though. Doom has powers. So he was just he was Negan walking around in a Doctor Doom. No, I, also, I also had an issue with this. Like, what do we consider <laughs> powers? Because like Iron Man doesn't have powers, but having a super suit like that is a power. Well, the thing is, okay. So and actually, Sam and I were talking about this on the drive over, um, because spoiler alert: Iron Man's going to be one of our characters. What? The thing is. It, it, it's like, okay, like Hawkeye, you know Hawkeye very well, correct? Mm-hmm. He's not a mutant. Right. So if M-Day happened, he doesn't give a shit because right. he's not going to lose his mutant powers. Yeah. Right. All he's got to be able to do is figure out how to make a bow and arrow, and he's good to go. Yeah. And he can even grab a pencil and still throw it and be very bullseye-like, right? It's true. Because he's not a mutant. So in the case of Tony Stark, had this been done in the 70s, he'd be a bad character pick. Why? Because he's going to rely on his armor to save him. Well, his armor is only going to have a 100% charge. So the minute that 100% charge is done, boom, the shrapnel is going to go eat yeah, his heart he, up like he's a He's going to pick and choose he when might, he's he going to break be, that. He well, might. he could be smart that, yes, let's say you know, if power. we go D&D and as they're rummaging around and he finds a place and he can charge his armor, great. Then you know you roll your initiative and you roll to 15 <laughs> so you get a 75% charge. Hallelujah. You roll a 1. Oops, sorry. Those connectors were bad and you're actually losing power. That's where he'd have to play it out day to day. So Tony Stark, the man, is limited by his intelligence and his physical capabilities. So if I wanted to use, I, and I did want to use, I didn't end up using, I wanted to use Rick Tyler, our man. Yeah, you could. Now he doesn't have powers unless he takes his miracle. Yeah, so he just doesn't have pills. Yeah. So he'd have his normal fighting skill. He'd have his normal human strength, and that'd be the case of it. But can't, what, if I, what, if he, what if he did have the pills, though? I, you know, honestly, like I'd be okay with that. Like, say he had three pills left. Yeah, because that's part of the story is when do you use those pills? And now here's the scary part, though. Okay, haven't we seen him though when he goes in the battle, like where he's been cut? So, 
you know, that's obviously going to be damaging him. Yeah. So, like, in that hour, he better hopes he heals. Otherwise, he's got a big gaping <laughs> wound that leads towards higher infection. It's true. I mean, I know I apologize. Like, I didn't really, we didn't really sit down and talk about that. And I didn't really clarify it in the questions. But it's one of those things where it's like, any character is open. It's just they won't have their powers. Yeah. So, like, you'll have Superman, and he's not going to be a great fighter, and he's not going to have a great strength, but he's going to have his mind and the intelligence that he has. Batman is just going to be Batman, but he only has his utility belt for whatever's in it. So if he's got three batarangs, that's all he's got. Not like, you know, fucking <laughs> movie. Takes it out. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like Wolverine, he'd still be on your team, but it's going to be bad for him because he's going to have that mentality of here's what I've got. And he goes charging in. And when he gets cut open, like we see him often do. Well, you just kind of screwed yourself. <laughs> I just imagine yeah. Wolverine in this scenario, like he's just he's he's, he's bogged down by his metal skeleton and can't move. He just and can't honestly, move. that would be the truth of the matter. Like he would just fall down on the ground and start screaming, like "Oh my bones! Oh God, Gene!" And then Scott will join him, Gene. It's true. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so if you want, to tell you what, we can go first. So that way, they can buy you some time if there's any upgrades or things you want to do. Uh, just because, like I said, I, I I didn't clarify that as well because some of the characters, like I'm gonna give most of the, I'm gonna give ninety percent of the credit to Sam. He actually really did his research and homework. That's why I love when we get Sam on here because just like Rafa, these guys come with notebooks, man. It's exciting. <laughs> like I like I'm gonna ask Rafa, like, can I read your notebook? Because I want to get like I know when we did that X Men roundtable and we really wanted to stay on the current topic. And unfortunately, we, we didn't get to go that route. But like, I want to pick this man's brain to get all his secrets on the House of X and the Powers of Ten. Jokes because on you guys. It's just filled with notes on X-Men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. No. Joke's on you. It's just filled with Gremlins 2. <laughs> Gremlins 2. Notes. Is this a script for Gremlins 2? <laughs> Is this your interpretation of the movie? <laughs> He's got a sketch of the, uh, the, 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 the talk show host Gremlins. Yeah. Right. So what's the first question? Okay, right. so the first question is, who would be your leader, a.k.a. Rick Grimes? And um, I think uh, we of all the different people that I named off on the right over here, so I'll we, tell you what, let's let's do it this way. Let's go to the second question. Okay, quick. cool. We're right. going to introduce the set of characters. So right. in the original Walking Dead, um, I, I did the math. I think it was a 19 characters or yeah, something Yeah, you used like 17. That. It yeah, was a max. 17, but we only picked 10. Perfect. So, same with us. So yeah, so, so you can good. only max out at that limited amount because obviously a lot of those characters were cannon fodder. Right. Uh, I can't, I, I, darn it, Mark knew the name. The guy who was the dad of the two twins. Oh, Alan. You know, oh, like yeah. nobody oh, remembers yeah, Alan. Yeah. He was just the big fat guy. His right. leg got cut off and he cried and died. You know, like <laughs> my bones feel like glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, so that was your max out. So we decided we it's all we're infected with the laughs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, so, anyway, question, so two, question, question two. Question two. In the Walking Dead first major story arc, they had about seventeen characters. So that's your max. With that, who would they be? You can use heroes, villains, and supporting cast. So, you just want to list list off the people that we chose first? Okay, so first, and I, I did these in alphabetical order because I was on my computer. <laughs> uh, Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow. Um, is Okay, now is she replacing a certain person from the walk Right now, I'm just naming who they are. Oh, okay. Right now, I'm just naming who they are. So, so Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, uh, James Bucky Barnes, uh, Electra Nachos, uh, Clint Barton, a, a.k.a. Hawkeye, uh, Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird, uh, Francis Castiglione Everybody should have guessed that one The Punisher uh, Wilson Fisk as the Kingpin uh, Claire Temple uh, Who a lot of people may not know who she is She was the doctor The street level doctor in uh, the, the Netflix TV yeah, show Yeah exactly yeah. Also Night known Nurse. as Night Nurse right? yeah. Yeah. Rosario Dawson um, and Tony Stark 
uh, aka Iron Man, and Steve Rogers, aka Captain America. So that was our ten. Yeah. So luckily, like the the, the strategy there that I was thinking and that Sam also thought of and ran with was street level heroes are where it's going to be. Like I love Star Lord, and I think he'd be great, and I considered him. But the thing is. Like, he is good at adapting to his surroundings. I mean, he's been in outer space and, you know, but the advantage is that he's also half alien. So let's say his powers get muted. So he's just going to be a very untrained guy running around Earth trying to fight his way. With now he's resourceful and, and yes, exactly. the quips. I mean, haven't you seen a zombie laugh? No, because nobody else has that power. <laughs> yep. That's what he brings to the table. But I was just like, yeah, he's probably not going to do so well. So that's why, I, you know, like I said, outer space, he's great. He's a good sci-fi guy. But street level characters is where it's at. Because as Sam and I were talking about, that these characters, they're either survivors or predators. So they're going to be able to withstand this problem. Like, like as we talked about at the, the Walking Dead, it was like, you know, everybody has this idea that when the outbreak happens or when the zombie day happens, oh, let's go to Walmart and do all this stuff. It's like, no, dude, you're not going to be a Rick Grimes. You're not going to be a Negan. You're going to be a walker. Because yeah, that's going to be mentality. a giant lunchbox so right there. these people would be the ones to be like, we know better. And yeah. eventually, as all the shit hits the fan and when the fan finally turns off, they're going to notice, you know, like, okay, we've survived. Yeah. Let's band together and see what we can do. So that's 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 the group of people that we've got. Yeah. So now if we jump back to question number one, who would be your reader, your, your, your Rick Grimes? So I actually had to sell this one on Sam. Sam, if I remember correctly, I think you were leaning towards Captain America, right? Yes, I And was. that makes the natural sense. He's the leader of the Avengers and all that stuff, right? Yeah, he but, is a natural leader. He served in the military. Um, he's, he's got he's just he's got that. Um, some of the thing, Some of the things, exactly. That is exactly the main reason why I chose him. Because it's America's ass. I mean, let's face it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I kind of looked at it this way. Now, Captain America is going to be in this world, and the super soldier serum gets him to peak ability, right? So, again, with that idea of a power battery, he's at 100%. Now, he's not going to be able to run those six mile or run a mile in 60 seconds like he used to. He's going to start feeling fatigue and things like that because the serum will be nullified as with all powers, right? And then, plus, he's, again, he's another one of those characters. He goes in the battle, gets cut open. You know, as we saw in Endgame, you know, his arms ripped open. It's okay, I'll just tighten up my shield. No, that doesn't work in this world with those things. And again, emphasis on why we pick Claire, because she's going to be picking up a lot of these people because they're going to be dummies. They might be charging into situations. So that is actually going to be one of those things that holds Cap back. Now, I noticed with this group that Sam came together with, a lot of them have ties with Bucky. So I'm choosing Buck as our leader. He's our yeah. Rick. Yeah, because you know, the name ends that way. But plus, you got your one arm, one handed man. That's going to be the guy who will be able to inspire these people to survive. Not necessarily, you know, go out there and, and do all this stuff. But he's going to be the one to be like, look, this is about survival. And at the end of the day, we still will do the right thing because that's like I've read a lot of Winter Soldier books, and that's what he does. You know, he may be on the situation ready to go kill somebody, and he sees some kids who needs help. He stops, helps those kids. So he does have that goodness, even though I know all the movies portray him as this badass assassin <laughs> who eats plums. There's more to the man than just that. So wait, you said Bucky is... Bucky would be our Rick Grimes. So who's yes. Cap? Captain America. Well, so Sam wanted Cap. Oh, wanted. As, yeah, yeah, as I, that was I my first choice, but, okay. but on the right over that. here, he uh, Chris, yeah, Chris made me see the light that Bucky was the better choice. Got it. Yeah, I fed him plums. <laughs> <laughs> they were tasty. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that's, that's who would be our leader. Because like I said, at the very least, he's got a lot of connections to all the characters. So I think he can use his relationships to help band them together and follow through. Uh, question number three was, who would be your Shane and try to make a play for Rick's life? So looking at it in that model, I presented an idea to Sam. I said, here's two characters that I think would be the Shane. It would either be the Punisher, because I felt the Punisher would be kind of like, 
I don't think these are good tactics. I don't love you know, just I don't, I don't, I don't. And that's why he would cause that chaos rift. But as as uh, Sam pointed out, for his love of the Punisher, he believes that the character actually say, an order's an order. I may hate it, but I'll still follow it. And it's like, okay, so I succeeded to that, and that's totally a great reason why. But that led me to the second one, so I'm sorry, Mitch, but our Shane would actually be Hawkeye. That's right, because go back to that Tales of Suspense miniseries. You're right, you're right. He I'm... clashes with everyone. You could go, I remember when I first really started reading Hawkeye, it was Avengers Volume 3 by Kurt Busiek and George Perez, and Hawkeye would constantly be questioning Cap. Like, why do you wear red gloves? What the hell? You know, and it's like, damn, Hawkeye, calm down. There was a so, sale. Yeah, and so with, with Bucky and Clint having that tie to Natasha, Natasha being on the team i could totally clint i see clint being like how does this one arm guy rate like i don't get it what the hell so that would kind of drive him to that little bit of madness so as much as i hate it yeah we're gonna kill clint pretty early and then put him in a grave so wait <laughs> sam uh you, i mean obviously you'll be able to answer this a lot better for me than, than anybody else uh where does uh rank file for winter soldier and frank and the punisher like w- so, when they okay. were in the military each okay so um he would be the natural leader, okay? So uh, Bucky would be that leader that did not want leadership. Okay. It would have been thrust upon him. Mm-hmm. So he would take on that mantle, reluctantly, I think. And Castle, also having served in the military, would, would, wouldn't... would The reason why I thought that he would not be a good Shane... Um, yes. Yeah, for, 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 him, for Bucky. Because he would take orders. He may not agree with them, but... He was he's he's Frank's always been the kind of guy in in my opinion and and from what I've seen and read, uh, and and watched on TV is is uh, uh, I mean from the movies, he's the guy that's going to be like okay, I don't have to like this, but I'm still going to do it because you outrank me. Okay. Does he though? Um, do you know? I, I don't know. I I have, I, I have no it, idea which either one of theirs rank was. Maybe not. Maybe not militarily. You know. Say both of them had been on active duty. I don't know, honestly. Okay. I, I don't remember what rank Frank got up to. The, I think he picked up staff sergeant or gunny, maybe. The tough thing is with Bucky in his comic book ranking for military service, he, he kind of comes in as a special thing because he was trained under the British Special Services for Operation Rebirth to go alongside Captain America. Mm-hmm. So that's like a non existent title, right? You know? As like, far as I know, we've taken Steve Rogers and they've actually, you know, he was a private and he has ranked. But Buck was one of those ones where it's unfortunately off the paperwork because we can't say like, oh, yeah, we created the Winter Soldier. <laughs> and we know? have a 16-year-old kid that's yeah, running, running around with, with Captain I mean, We're talking America. guys that yeah. have been around since World War II, right? right. Buck has yeah. been around since World War II. I think that's another thing that Frank Castle would, would see, Fair enough. too. Fair enough. Okay. That's true. Yeah, you bring in that old soldier. You know, It's like, I'm sorry. Okay. That guy does. Yeah. I just wanted – I just having I was served, curious about that. Ha- having served in the military, I definitely know that, that the, the younger guys always look up to the older guys, even, even if – you outrank them, you know. Sometimes you just get an older guy that, that, that comes in, you know. Um, it's not always so. I'm not going to say that's 100 percent true, but um, and it's not a hero worship kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It's more of a mentor mentee kind of mm-hmm. deal, and I think that's where it would lie at. I mean, I do I do find it funny that a lot of comic book characters, heroes and villains, always make it to rank a captain. Like, <laughs> it's a fun it's it's a fun rank. That's to because say. that's what is that writers what <laughs> writers don't know these rankings that well. So like, yeah. What sounds important, captain? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, you could be the captain of a ship. You could be the, right. The captain, well, see, and and, and, and again, having served, I know the captain of a ship is a higher rank than a captain in the infantry. Okay, you know, because a navy captain is uh, is is a higher rank than than a, an infantry captain. Interesting. Yeah. 
All right. Today, Sam earns his place at the table. <laughs> Continue. All right. And then the fourth question for the interestingness of it all. Negan came into the world of The Walking Dead and shook its fucking head. Oh, so in your respective series, in your world, who is your Negan? So for us... We had to figure out, okay, if we're taking all these street-level people and things like that, who's a scumbag? Well, Wilson Fisk. Wilson Fisk. So we're going to go with, yep, we just want to see that extra-large jacket (laughs) on Kingpin as he's walking around. Like, maybe it'll be his, you know, he's always got that diamond cane. It'll Uh just be wrapped in barbed wire, and he's like, I'll fucking bash you with that, you know? I I really hope it's the the Kingpin we saw in Spider-Verse, like the the one that's just a wall wall, with a head in the middle of it. (laughs) That'll be easy to Photoshop. I will. That's your Christmas present. <laughs> right on. But um, yeah, no. But we just felt like naturally with that cast of characters that are in there, that would play off really well. And kind of to answer a, a question, or not a question, but a thought that Sam brought up when we were driving over, he wanted to bring Foggy Nelson into this group because we still have plenty of characters to deal with. And he felt Foggy would have been good to help kind of keep the relations, obviously with him being a law person. And I said, well, then why not Matt Murdock in that case? You know, Just because he's blind doesn't mean he can't do anything. And so how did Wilson Fisk get to this level of Neganism? It's because he killed Matt and Foggy. There we go. Wow. So that really shows that he's a right there. I like that. <laughs> so yeah, so we'd put them, we, we'd take those characters, we'd put them in that situation. Um, you know, obviously it'll be exciting because this is going to be a very fucked up New York. You know, Bucky's going to wake up from his coma and eventually travel to everybody and be like, oh, this is the world I'm in now. And there you go. It's going to be fantastic. So you take that, Marvel Zombies. You guys didn't, you didn't end up putting like a, a Carl. It, this no, one we person didn't really, is a Carl and yeah, this person nah, is here. Like, we didn't go that far into the in-depthness of it. Like we, we, we picked our characters with choices. Like, Sam, if you want to run through why some of those characters were picked up real quick. Okay, like, yeah. okay sure. I'll, I'll start with Black Widow um, because she's been uh, trained from a young kid. You know, uh, She's got all this specialized Carl. training. Um, she's got a gifted intellect, displays uncanny affinity for psychological manipulation. Um World-class athlete, gymnast, acrobat, you know, um, uh, trained in, in uh, her, expert her, martial arts. Her, her actual superpower is to survive. Exactly. Kill and yeah, survive. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Her so, natural skill is her superpower, yeah. which doesn't get negated. So, yeah. yeah. yeah Bucky, the same thing, you know, according to the Wikipedia page that I went to for pretty much all these characters, uh, he, he trained under Steve Rogers. They have a, they, they, they have a history, you know. Um, uh, he's got specialized training, um, uh, and he's also a survivor, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, one arm or not, you know, maybe that makes him the best Rick because, you know. I mean, you could throw that arm up and a zombie bites down on it. It's not going to hurt you any, right? So. <laughs> not today, mother trucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Electra, again, badass. Um, has uh, multiple uh, disciplines with uh, martial arts, Aikido, uh, karate, or however you want to pronounce it, ninjutsu. Uh, Olympic level athlete, you know, uh, the ability to mesmerize others uh, because she's so hot. I guess <laughs> maybe not work on a zombie, but you know, maybe another group of survivors if you're if you're going that route. Um, Hawkeye, um, you know, Hawkeye. If if you're going off of the uh, the TV version of The Walking Dead, he could be your Daryl. You know, he's the, but I mean, we obviously uh, you made him, put him here Shane, as our yeah. Shane, but you know, he he could also be a Daryl type. Well, character. I mean, uh, Shane in the TV show ended up being a lot of the long range. Yeah, that's true. Taken care of, so that's true. You're definitely getting that with Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, Bobby Morris, Mockingbird, um, uh, Shield Shield trained agent. Uh, you know, graduated top of her class again. I, I chose a lot of people that had a lot of hand-to-hand combat skills. But we Bobby also, brings you know, in something else too, as well. PhD in biology. Yes. There you go. 
So we needed yeah. some science to yeah. survive. Well, you know, but I also I also find it interesting how many spies you have on your team. Like, yeah. I don't know how much spycraft is going to help you against zombies, well, but you never know. That's yeah. Because when they camouflage the themselves, they're the whispers. That's right. That's right. We kill zombies, um, skin them, and walk around. Frank Castle. I mean, I, I would have put him on any team, but um, him, he he's basically your. Uh, He's your Tyrese. Aim, aim at enemy, you know, break glass in case of mass amounts of walkers. There's there's Frank, your, your well, weapons plus, expert. Uh, he brings, since him being a weapons expert, he's also going to help them be able to forge weapons as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. yeah. Improvise um, weapons. Yeah, that's a very good point, too. Uh, Tony Stark, um, his his brain, his, his ability to... Uh, his engineering. Yeah, his engineering. Um, Steve Rogers. Um, uh, 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 yeah. Steve Rogers. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking all over my tongue. <laughs> he would be a good um, lieutenant. You know, he's going to be good for the morale. And then I think the other, the only other person. Oh, here we go. Claire Temple. She's a doctor. She's your doctor. Yep. Yep. So, so that's it. That that's our team. That's and, a and that's reasons. a very impressive team. I'd love to see what they do in the zombie apocalypse. So yeah, you, you can't you can't fist fight that team. They'll kick her. <laughs> Not fist fight that team. Not at all. Ranged weapons only. <laughs> so I would say that Rafa and I we kind of came out of a different direction. So. So what we understood, or at least how I understood it, was that uh, it wasn't so much that everybody who had powers got depowered. It was more that uh, everybody who had powers were the first to go. They're the first to die. Okay. okay. So the only things that were left were the people without powers that are street level, and um, that's who, that's what we did. So we got we had our Rick Grimes and we have our Negan as our two outliers, and then we have our ten characters in between. So oh, we cool. have a total of cool. twelve altogether. Uh, and then we did we did make it so that it was more of a uh, one for one for Walking Dead characters cool. in, in that first arc. Uh, do you want me to go ahead and start? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. So we'll 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 start off without the Rick Grimes and, and the Negan since you guys did that second. Uh, my our Shane. Our Shane is uh well it's Jason Todd. He's, Jason Todd. The Red oh, Hood's shit. gonna make that that play for for power. Oh, I dig it. It makes sense. Okay. Uh, this one might give away who our Rick is because our Carl is Leanne Harper. Do you remember who Leanne Harper is? No. Yeah, um, she was uh, the Speedy. daughter of. No, it's no. the daughter. Oh, it's Leanne. A daughter of Speedy. Okay, yeah. So it's it's a daughter of Speedy. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Wow. So okay. so then our Rick Grimes. So you're going to make Leon one-eyed. You yeah. monster. <laughs> it's better than what they did to her in the comic books and killed right. her. They That's erased true. her from existence. Get it right. <laughs> so then who's going to be our Lori? Well, her mother, Cheshire. The fantastic wow. herself. Cheshire. So Jason Todd's going to be like, nah, dude, when Roy Harper was sleeping away instead of being all speedy, he took Cheshire and Leanne and, and, and raised them off in the wild and then... Got frisky with her. <laughs> so that's our first that's our first uh four characters. Go ahead, Rafa, with the, the next four. Andrea would be the fantastic Stephanie Brown. Nice. In this case, because we're really building a world where the world is on fire and people are screaming in Star City. <laughs> and we got the fantastic Roy Harper who's trying to salvage a team of survivors. And it's not just going to be people from Star City, but we got some coming from Gotham itself. Stephanie Brown being Andrea, maybe adding a little dynamic where maybe she believes Tim is still alive, but nobody believes her. And so maybe that could be played out later as well. Morgan would be Floyd Lawton. 
Because in this case, now we have a little bit of dichotomy where in this world where the zombies have taken over, are the bad guys still really bad guys? Everybody's just trying to survive. Everyone's right? just trying to survive. And to kind of see what kind of Gotta get that bread. <laughs> problems that would cause, which ultimately Duane, right? Morgan's son. In this case, Floyd Lawton. Zoe Lawton. Zoe Lawton. His daughter. His daughter that he didn't know he had until... And then he, when he did know, <laughs> he really fell in love with her. So could you imagine... I, I know in the in the TV show, Duane ends up getting killed... Uh, because he thinks his mom's com- coming back. Yep. Uh, if that happens to Zoe, oh god, what's going to happen to Floyd? That just Man. reminded me of the Game Boy issue. Ah. When when so with Dwayne, he was talking to his son, and he was like, "Oh," and he managed. So like, I can't remember the son's name, but he managed to save his Game Boy. But obviously, the batteries ran out. So they had this Walking Dead Christmas special. And <clears throat> Dwayne finds some batteries, he gives them to his son, and he gives this heartfelt speech. He's like, so what do you think, son? And the son's like, ah, uh-huh, just playing video games. <laughs> and then the last, or the next time we see Dwayne, you know, he walks over to the zombified version of his son, and like, I think he unchained him, and then he walked away. Um, so it's like, oh, man, that's going to be sad to see Deadshot do that. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, Glenn. he doesn't seem like the guy who would waste a bullet. No, no. not exactly. He no. was not. But he Glenn. could make his own bullets, too. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Well, he could also be a Eugene then in that case. Yeah, right? yeah. There you go. Uh, Glenn, one of those outstanding characters that really showcases someone who, before the zombie apocalypse, maybe wasn't something that didn't have a lot of potential or a lot of the kind of things going on, but ultimately became something better. And who better than the signal himself? Duke, Duke Thomas. Thomas. Thomas nice. or Thomas? Thomas, yeah. Thomas, yeah. Duke yeah. Thomas. Yeah, it came from a from a lot of nothing. Was traumatized in a world that hates and fears him, and then comes out on top. I dig that. That's a All good right. matchup. And then our next four, Mitch. Uh, so then you have Carol. Uh, well, we we wanted some like. In the show, I know she becomes she becomes the big badass. She's in the badass. movie, not so much. Or in, in the, the comics, the movie, oh, sorry. She's a horrible yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah, oh man. So, but I still wanted to keep the the mother daughter relationship going. So we picked Lady Shiva. Like she's gonna be quite the badass in in a in a, a post apocalyptic world. Oh yeah. I mean, she already is she's one. badass in the normal world. Yeah. So, so yeah. let's see what happens when she has to go up against zombies. So that means her her daughter Sophia is gonna be is gonna be Cassandra Kane, one time Batgirl. Wow. Also orphan. So so she's gonna marry who is your Carl again? Our Carl is uh Le- well it's Leanne Harper so it's hey that's cool man yeah, everything's over here so that's gonna be the power couple of 2019 <laughs> you know bam it's, uh, and so then uh, the next character we wanted to do was Dale Dale was the you know the, the RV driving the, badass with uh, that cool hat right? that's right and, and totally is is there for the sage advice and you know ready to, to talk you down when you need it yeah so who who better than Alfred Pennyworth yes oh, I was just thinking oh, that in my nice. head I like it and that adds the aspect of him you know also having the background and like military doctor right yep. yeah so when they need that aspect as well and man, I, I really wanted a lot with him I really wanted the story to be that Bruce Bruce and, and probably Dick are gone so that's his two big wards oh, they, okay. they, they've died so have you been reading Deceased no I haven't Oh my god! Did that happen? <laughs> yeah, like the only survivors. Yeah, it's okay. Read my reviews, please. I need the clicks. <laughs> no, but um, um, Alfred and Damien are the only survivors. Wow! Damn. Yeah, because they were all in the mansion, and right off the bat, you see Tim and Dick were infected. Bam! Batman gets messed up during that fight. He puts himself in a Mister Freeze suit, hoping that the the cold will slow down the virus. Eventually, he loses his shit. Alfred had to put him down. Damn! Like Alfred had to put all of them down. He buried them all. Fucking took the bat costume, got in the bat plane, flew around, fought 
Is you he, know, wait, is he in monster? the bat costume? No, he's just he's, he's carrying just a suitcase because he knows he's not he's not the the heir. So he's and gonna he find flies his way to Damien. Oh, he finally wow. finds Damien. Yeah, it was a beautiful picture. Oh man, just so that's like, cool. That's cool. Like that that right is right up Tom. That's Tom Taylor approved. Right there. Like, you guys are just done. <laughs> well, you know, because he listens to us. I know he does. The funny thing was that we kind of went back and forth on on this character because we almost put James Gordon in there. Yeah, which Ooh, I thought wow. would also have been great. It but, would because he's still a lot of people forget. I mean, he's he's an amazing cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't he SWAT? And then no, he was a Green Beret. I'm he was, sorry, yeah, he yeah. was yeah. military. Uh, but I like your I, I, I like Alfred because especially the way you you, you paired him off with uh, Dale as, as having having lost mm-hmm. having you know lost family members. Uh, so then that brings us to our Negan. And I like what you guys did with the whole who's a bastard. <laughs> but I also asked, I asked Rafa, I was like, because this was in my back of my mind. It's like, wasn't Negan like something different before the yeah, apocalypse? He was a normal yeah. dude who became a bastard. Yeah. So it's Jim Gordon? It's not Jim Gordon. <laughs> it's, but think about who, who our Rick Grimes is. Who is your Rick Grimes again? It, our Rick Grimes is Roy Harper. Roy Harper. So we're going to show up and he's going fi- to find Negan. He's going to think that he's been dead. Oliver, Oliver Queen. No shit. Oliver Queen is our Negan. You turned Ollie into a, a because, bigger nah, bastard. But think about it. Think <laughs> about what what uh think about what um uh Negan thinks of himself. He doesn't think of himself as as the as the villain. He thinks that he's doing right, that he's keeping all these people alive. Yeah, he's always right. seen Rick that and his people as the villains. Exactly. But he just he's just too power hungry. And I can see that because because Oliver Queen. So Dinah dies in front Dinah of him. Dinah dies in front of him. So now I hope when Hal goes and dies, I hope he calls Ollie a fascist. That way it'll make up for that whole Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill run. <laughs> the whole time fucking Green Arrow's like, You're a fascist. Now you made Ollie a fascist. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so yes, yeah. Oliver Queen as as your new Negan rolling with an iron arrow, I guess. The boxing glove arrow. He just iron hits you with bow. it. <laughs> and that's kind of what we're going for here, right? It's that idea of the symbolism. It's, you know, yeah. fathers and sons, daughters and mothers, yeah, brothers yeah. and sisters. And the whole idea, you know, Roy, someone who, I mean, it's easy to kind of like, oh, what if Dick was the new Rick Grimes or even Batman in these kids' situations. But with Roy, you know, he's someone like if Shane's Jason Todd and Rick is Roy, right? Jason and Roy, they have a background together. Mm-hmm, so imagine mm-hmm. just making it that much worse when Jason tries to say, Roy, you don't know what you're doing and he tries to take that appeal for power right yeah people like the bad family that are also in here like stephanie brown duke thomas um as well as cassandra kane seeing those dynamics especially with villains like floyd lawton and lady shiva and kind of how they come together the fallen hero of oliver queen that roy thinks is dead but then finds out has started his own his own civilization within the city mm-hmm. and you know trying to keep things happening and just how oliver might have like lost his way and maybe yeah. he's killing people. Maybe he's enslaving. He's become that fascist. So, I mean, it's it's very thematic. And we feel like it could be a really good story. Yeah. No, I dig it. I, I like the, the groundedness of it, you know, because I know with Sam and I, it was the same thing. It's like, yeah, you know, like Thor's available. No, he's really not, you know. <laughs> Bruce Banner, he's not going to be packing out the Hulk anytime soon. So it, it gets you to those street-level characters. And you pick street-level characters. And, I mean, luckily with the Marvel Universe, we're lucky that everybody lives in New York. Yeah. But I love the fact that this is just between Star City and Gotham. And you pick characters that are very strong because, yeah, spoiler, she knows these guys. So this will have some impact. When she does see Ollie Queen up there, you know, and he's like, bitch, you know, <laughs> that's going to hit her. That's going to hit her hard. So yeah, no, I dig it. I, I, you know, plus that that cool goatee on the slick back hair, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and, how did Ollie get his money on Easy Street? On Easy Street, <laughs> and it uh, feels so neat. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I also thought it, it, it really made me think about that 
issue of uh, Red Hood Outlaw that came out right around the time that uh, Roy Harper was killed in Sanctuary, you know, in Heroes in Crisis. Okay, yeah, And yeah. so you have Bruce come into that diner after uh, Roy has already taken out all the gu- bad guys that were there, sent, there, sent there to kill him, and he's like, all right, Look, dude, it was it wasn't my fault. These guys are these guys tried to kill me. Like you, you can't take me to jail for this. And he's like, sit down. It's it's not about that. I'm not here for that. I need to tell you something. And I don't know if before that comic book, if the two of them were really friends. Like I know in Red Hood and Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After New Fifty Two. Yeah. Well, like, New Fifty Two is what gravitated them, made them together. stronger together. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't know if pre that if they were actually a f- uh, friends or not because i don't think they were on titans at the same time well i mean it was mostly you know roy and dick yeah you so know, this made roy and jason yeah. kind of more friends like the idea that shane and rick are friends until the apocalypse yeah and then best friends yeah so i mean partners yeah yeah i there oh, you go. i love uh, it I, I think you guys like like rafa point out it, it's family ties yeah I and like that's it. strong yeah, i like that's some strong stuff so i mean that's what is going to make that world hard. You know, like when you have family and they lose their way or you don't agree, it's tough. And so that's what's going to make these situations even harder. And, you know, as you flesh this out more, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see, like, who chose, you know, like, do we stay, you know, out in these back alleys with these wannabe Bad Arrow families or do we join Ollie and see what he's done? And so it's like, man, that'd be crazy. And it's going to put stuff. And I just I really love the idea of Deadshot being in there because he is he's a bastard of a character, but he's a loyal son of a gun, too. He's he's that kind of character that just has his own. He has his own morals like yeah, his code, his own code. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's a perfect way to put it. Uh, but I love the idea of both of these stories because it, it brings into mind for me, old man Logan. And just so, which is now the old man world, because we have old man Hawkeye and old man Quill of we're all these heroes now. We're all these villains now after these people have been killed, after this world has been killed you right. know, or de- decimated. So all I could think is like, what what is it that what is it that Ollie did to, to create what inside of Star City, probably his own Emerald City that he calls it. And he's just like or Oz or whatever you want to call it. And he's oh, just man. like. Come to this utopia. We're great here. You know, I'm the Green Arrow. I keep everybody safe. But you get there, and it's, a, like it's a big sto- I di- like different story. Different like story, right? Yeah. So, uh, all right, guys. I think we did a pretty great job, if I must say so ourselves. We're so uh, smart. <laughs> uh, if anybody listening would like to get at us about one of our stories or any of those things we talked about earlier, we'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia G-E-M. Chris is also on Twitter as... Stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D. Also make sure to check out his articles on... Oh, yes. Uh, please uh, check out my co-works and my uh, reviews on Adventures in Poor Taste, please. And... You can find Rafa on Twitter as Mobile Rafi, that entertainment on the go. <laughs> but if you're if you're already going to be on the internet, you might as well go to YouTube and check out his YouTube channel. Because sometimes you got to look at toys, you got to look at comic books, and you just got to have see me having a good time. <laughs> and he does. No, I'm serious. Like not to toot everybody's horns and whatnot, but man, if I'm feeling blue, I play one of your videos. It lifts me up. Because just to hear that excitement, it's fun. It's great stuff. Which is also Mobile Rafi. Mobile Rafi. That's right. Right. Okay. More entertainment on the go. <laughs> and Sam, do you do you have a social media you like to give out, or should the we? The only just... thing I do is uh, Facebook. It's oh. just Sam Cervantes. There's a picture of one of my of my maker stamp for my leathercraft work. There and you. to promote him, he actually just did a live, a Facebook live, where he was uh, 
talking about his equipment and oh, his yeah. leatherworks. Yeah. His leatherworks is amazing stuff. I'm not, I mean, it, it sells. Like, I mean, he works with a guy who makes knives, correct? And yes. these two come together. They bring you fantastic knives and leatherworks. So when the zombie apocalypse does happen <laughs> and I found a cool weapon and I want to make it look pretty, I want to go to Sam. Well, that's you, what well, he's going to do. If, if the zombie apocalypse happens, you should use leather armor. They're not going to bite through that. Point, yeah. That's my superpower is a leathersmith. Yeah. No, but his, his leathering is some fantastic stuff. So, so you don't have a page for that yet? No, no, I don't. Not something you see, you see yourself doing? I do see future? myself doing it. I just need some assistance doing it because I'm... Weekend project. Um, Here we yeah. go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, as of right now, if you want to find him on Facebook, it's Sam Cervantes. Or, like I said before, you can go through Chris's uh, Twitter and Don't talk be to responsible him. for this. <laughs> I need to send all hate mail to stuff I should say care of. <laughs> the rest Our of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. Also, check out our Twitch channel, which is Geekly, or it's twitch.tv slash Geek Elite Media periodically we have eric lincoln on there playing video games for us uh, talking about everything that you love to geek out about that's true cool. uh, but until next time this is imagine if on the geekly media network saying always remember to geek out this concludes our broadcast Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio that is exactly right Dave because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value listen to blockbuster mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at blockbustercast so grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies <laughs>